It's Romans 1, um, verses 21 to 23, which is on page 1,128 in the Church Bibles. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds and animals and reptiles. Graham, would you like to come up? It's my huge pleasure. Sorry, we don't need this anymore, do we? It's my huge pleasure to welcome Graham again. Can I just pray for you, Graham? Yes, please do. Yes. Father, we pray for your anointing on Graham, that uh, you will speak mightily through him. Father, prepare our hearts to be open to receive and to respond to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carol. And I'm just going to put that about there. And it's great. Thank you so much for inviting me along. I do feel very welcome. I feel, I feel especially welcome because um, this afternoon I got an invitation to St. Matthew's through my door. So I don't know who put that down to noon close on Ford's farm, but I'm very grateful and uh, very excited to see what's going on. And uh, if I didn't have to be at Kennet Valley so much, I might well pop along, but uh, I'll see what I can do. But thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. And I bring greetings from Kennet Valley. So we're going to look at these uh, verses in Romans, and uh, normally um, I'm used to having a clicker to advance my slide, so I don't have that here. I'm going to kind of go like that when, when I want the slide to advance, like now, that's it. Excellent. Okay, so in the 19th century, um, this chap, there he is, is a, 19, a German missionary by the name of Ludwig Nomensen took the gospel to the people of North Sumatra, which is a province in Indonesia. Uh, many people believed it was a time of great revival, actually, uh, there in Southeast Asia. Um, but the witch doctors uh, tried to stop him because their livelihood was at threat by people turning to Jesus Christ. In one village he went to, the chief invited him to a meal and the, uh, at the, in the middle of the, t- in the village, as, as was the custom, And uh, so he went. But before he started eating his meal, he stood up and he gave thanks for the food. He thanked God for his power. He thanked God for all his good gifts. And he prayed that God would make the food a blessing to him. While he was praying, a dog, a village dog, crept in and ate half of his meal. Uh, Nominson carried on, it was quite a long prayer, and uh, he was sat down eventually, and he was about to eat the rest of the meal when the dog howled in pain and killed over and died. You see, the witch doctors had poisoned Nominson's meal, so that when Nominson began to tell them actually about the all-powerful God who's brought us life in Jesus... Because they all knew what had happened, they listened and they uh, rejoiced uh, to be able to be introduced to to Jesus and they believed in what he was saying because God had clearly protected 
and delivered Nominson. So Nominson gave thanks to God and he was saved from being poisoned as he did so. You know, it's a terrible thing to be ungrateful, isn't it? We know how we feel when people don't appreciate us, the things we've done for them, maybe. I don't know if you ever thought how God must feel living in this world where, where so, many, uh, so many of us don't give thanks to him for so much. Uh, we take them for, we, the, the things he gives us, we take them for granted. Whilst grumbling to God about the bad things that happen. The Bible tells us what happens when we stop giving thanks to God. And in his letter to the Romans, Paul sets out the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, his wonderful gospel of Jesus. But he starts off in the first chapter by explaining why this gospel is necessary, why Jesus Christ had to come and what's gone wrong with the human race. So in the verses before... um, uh, we read, they're actually verses 16 to 20, which is on the screen, I think probably another two clicks, I've got a bit behind here, uh, and the next one, there we go, verses 16 to 20, uh, Paul writes this, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Paul is saying that the world around tells us something about God who made it. And then he goes on to say in the next verses as we've read, for although they knew God... They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. (coughs) These verses are talking about the whole human race, the history of the human race. This is what's happened with the whole human race. He made himself known to us in creation, but we didn't want to know him. We didn't want to give him the glory, and we did not thank him for the wonderful world that he's made. So we see in these verses precisely what happens when not only the human race as a whole, but we ourselves as individuals don't give thanks to God. What happens? Well, four things. First of all, our outlook on life becomes skewed. It stops us thinking straight. He says that our thinking becomes, or or their thinking became futile, he says. Their thinking became useless. And that's what happens to us too, when we stop giving thanks. When we stop saying thank you to God, we forget just how much we rely on him. And so we begin to think that we can sort things out ourselves which we can't. We never can. We need God's help. We need God's help always. And giving thanks to God actually helps us acknowledge that and uh, enables us to approach life aright. Otherwise, we we struggle through life, ignoring him and the help he wants to give us. Um, God is left out of our thinking. And as he is the reason anything exists, then the way we approach life is skewed and crooked. 
when you're uh, walking along a ridge of hills, I don't know if you like hill walking, I happen to love it, but when you're walking along a ridge of hills, one after the other, if you're going down one peak and there's one ahead of you, as you're going down, that one ahead always appears to be really, really steep. It seems actually much steeper than it actually is because you're kind of looking, looking down on it. You haven't got the right perspective on it. You're looking down. Um, if we in our lives are constantly looking down, then our perspective is skewed too. The slopes ahead look far steeper than they actually are. If we look up to God and we give him pray, uh, thanks, then we see things more from his perspective. So instead of our thinking becoming skewed and, and futile, we can start to see things as they really are. So that's the first thing. If we don't give thanks, our thinking becomes skewed. Secondly, our outlook on life becomes dark. Paul says that their foolish hearts were darkened. In the Bible... The heart, we think of the heart as, you know, our emotions, don't we really? I love you with all my heart. But in the Bible, the heart is much more than emotions. It's really the, the core of our beings. It's, it's, it's not just the seat of our emotions. It's what is in our hearts determines our outlook in life. That's why Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so the core of our beings, Paul says, when we don't give thanks for things... The core of our beings becomes darkened. My wife, bless her, once gave me a fridge magnet that said, some days I wake up grumpy, other days I let him sleep. (laughs) Well, yes, I do have a tendency towards grumpiness. She knows me too well. But, uh, you know, as a human race, we have that tendency towards grumpiness too. But when we're regularly giving thanks to God... We see all the reasons we have for not being grumpy instead of perhaps picking up the one reason, the one or two things that haven't gone our way and so make and, and conclude that the whole of life is a disaster and so we're constantly moaning. If we're giving thanks to God, we avoid that temptation. You know people like that who are constantly moaning. I'm sure you do. Such people are, such people are poisonous, aren't they, actually? Because they, we all get drawn into that. And we find ourselves thinking the same way. And we, we hate ourselves for doing it, but that's what happens. It's like being into, drawn into a dark black hole that we can't get out of. I remember I used to, be, I used to um, teach when I was a young man. Uh, and I, I lived in Nottingham and I taught in Derby. So I had that uh, commute every day. And when I got to my first school um, where I taught... Um, there were other people making that trip, and so they said to me, people who've been teaching at this school for a long, long time, they said, well, why don't you, you know, have a lift share with us? We'll share the cost. Makes sense. So it seemed to make sense. So, so that's what we did. So there was me, this young, keen, enthusiastic teacher, getting into a car every day with two rather more seasoned and rather more cynical teachers. And all they did, from the moment I got into the car to the moment I got out at school and got in in school to go back at the end of the day, all they did was moan. They moaned about, moaned about the kids, of course. They moaned about their colleagues. They moaned about the senior management team. They moaned about the government. They moaned about the curriculum. They moaned about anything and everything. It was just constant, a stream of poisonous grumpiness that was surrounding me. And of course, very soon, I found myself just joining in. 
which is horrible. There I was, really keen and raring to go. And then suddenly, you know, in that atmosphere, it was horrible. So I stopped. I stopped having lifts with them. I look back and think what I should have done is to try and find, be more proactive in trying to find a way to lift the conversation or change the conversation somewhere else. I, I didn't manage to do that very well, but I had to stop having the lifts with them. It was poison. It was poisoning me. It was darkening my outlook. When we don't give thanks regularly to God for his goodness, we become grumpy and cynical about life. And a surefire cure for grumpiness and cynicism is taking time to give thanks to God. So that's uh, uh, our outlook becomes dark. Thirdly, our outlook on life becomes foolish. Paul says they were wise, but they became fools. You know, if we leave God out of our thinking, then actually we won't use the good gifts he gives us wisely. Sometimes we think, you know, we we can see people around us and ourselves sometimes taking God's good gifts and forgetting about the giver. The tragedy about that is, apart from God not getting the glory, is that we don't use the gifts he gives us wisely. You know, food is a wonderful gift, isn't it? It's an amazing thing, food. But we get greedy and we eat too much. Drink, we abuse it and so on. We use his gifts as toys for our own ends instead of wanting to serve him with them which means that we don't use them for the proper purpose they were given and they and our lives are spoiled it's foolishness that's what foolishness is but if we give thanks to God regularly then we start to recognize that actually God knows best and when we really believe this that we really believe God knows best we're prepared to follow God's ways Earlier in this chapter, Paul talks, there's a phrase there, he talks in verse 5 about the obedience that comes from faith. Um, Literally, the obedience of faith. I love that phrase, the obedience that comes from faith, the obedience of faith. We obey God, you see, not because we have to, not reluctantly, not grudgingly, but we we obey him because we believe, we believe he's thoroughly good. We believe that he knows best. We believe that life lived his way is better. The obedience of faith. And living in an atmosphere of thankfulness helps us to do that. If we're thankless, we make decisions based on what we think is best or based on what we think we're missing out on. And so that way lies foolishness. And all these things, these three things that Paul mentions, lead finally to one place, and that is that we worship the wrong things. Verse 23, these, uh, the human race exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. When we don't give thanks to God who made everything, we end up worshipping created things rather than the creator. I said I love mountains. I do love mountains. I I love to stand on top of a mountain and praise God. You know, I could easily become totally compulsive about hill walking. There are people 
uh, called Munro Baggers. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're, they're, the Munros are all the peaks in Scotland above 3,000 feet. And I think there's something like 280 of them or something like that. And there are people who make it their mission in life to climb every single Munro. You know, that could be me. I could do If I wasn't tied up at the weekends, I'd be doing that all the time. <laughs> but that would be... That, that, it's great to enjoy mountains, but if they take up all my time and all my energy and all my money, then I will have started worshipping them instead of worshipping God. And so, so instead, surely better that I thank God for the mountains. I enjoy them when I can, but I use my energy and resources to serve God not my own compulsions. That's true in so many aspects of life, isn't it? I love sport too. But when sport dominates my thinking, when my mood changes dramatically because England have lost at rugby, or the cricket again, when our week is ruined because Reading lost again, when these things dictate our moods and our plans and our lives, and when those people living around us begin to suffer because of those results that are far removed from them, actually, we've got it out of balance, haven't we? Something wrong. You know, the, the mad stad becomes a temple and we become worshippers. Some people's lives are taken up with shopping in the malls or browsing online and when they're feeling down, they buy something new to give themselves, you know, a little pick-me-up. And before we know it, it could become a drug. It's what we do when we feel down. And these things get a hold of us and consume us. But when that happens, it's futile. Just like that big fat zero outside the oracle warns us. When these things take up our focus and our time and our energy and our money, then we're worshipping them instead of God who made us. But when we're worshipping with all our soul, our heart and soul and strength and mind, then that's when life is fulfilled. And the more we give thanks to him, the more we're likely to be doing this. A, a, A Chinese leader called Pastor Xi wrote this. Earth's crammed with heaven and every bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. We've got to be those who see and respond. Giving thanks to God really does help us to keep things in their proper place. To stop us from worshipping things other than God. That's idolatry. That's the definition of idolatry. Rejecting God the giver. And giving our lives over to his gifts. It's sin, the Bible says. Paul says that clearly. And Paul says it deserves God's judgment. He says that clearly here too. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven because of this, as Paul says. That's how serious thanklessness is. But the letter to Romans is all about how God has found a way of judging sin whilst forgiving sinners. Which is why he goes on to talk about Jesus coming to be our righteousness, to take the punishment for us, to take the curse, to, 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 to experience the ultimate exile of death so that we don't have to because we're joined with him and therefore we're taken up into the relationship that he has with his father. That's through all that he did on the cross and all that he did by, as God raised him from the dead.
God has given us so many good gifts. This is the greatest gift of all, isn't it? Jesus himself. Jesus laying down his life so that we might live. So that our poisoned lives could be healed. So if there's one place to start as we give thanks to God, it's there, isn't it? Giving thanks for his son, Jesus, and his sacrifice. I don't know uh, the, the different lives that are here tonight. I don't know what kind of a week you've had. I don't know what kind of things you're struggling with. And maybe life is hard. It is for many people. But I think it's good to remind ourselves that whoever we are, we do have many, many reasons to be thankful to the gods. Even if things have gone wrong, even if we feel ourselves to be in a dark place, God does love you. He has blessed you. And he wants to bless you so much more. I don't know if you've ever watched a chicken drink. Uh, I think most birds are like this, actually. They, they drink, not by swallowing. They don't have a swallowing reflex, apparently. But they lift their heads up to let the water sort of trickle down their, their, thro- their necks. So as they drink, they look upwards. And that leads to the old proverb that says this, even the chicken, when it drinks, lifts its head to heaven to thank God for the water. It's a good lesson to learn. Let's learn the lesson from the chicken and lift up our heads and give thanks in all circumstances because that way we won't be poisoned. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can thank you for so much. We thank you that we're here because you are at work in our lives, that you've begun to show us something of all that you've done for us. Father, I pray that you will make that more and more clear to us. I pray that you'll show us your son in all his wonderful wonderful glory. You'll show us, help us to understand all that you've done for us and help us to respond and to go on responding in thanks and praise. Father, we don't want to be poisoned and we don't want to be poisoned to other people around us. We don't want to be those cynical, moaning, groaning people that affect the mood of others. We want to be people pointing the way to you and your goodness. We need your spirit and your help for that, Lord, because we can't do it ourselves. And so we pray you'll help us take your word on board and respond from day to day. In Jesus' name, amen.